right, everybody. Welcome back to the Lockdown Red Mix podcast. Today is Monday, August 31st, 2020. And today we have a crossover episode with the Lockdown Devils podcast. Today joining us is Trey Matthews. Uh, you may remember Trey from about a month ago. We had him on to talk about the offseason agenda for the Devils and the Red Wings. He is also a play-by-play man for the Adrian College women's hockey team here in Michigan. And after the NHL players decided to postpone two games at the end of last week, following suit with the rest of the league in a protest against racial injustice, Trey offered to the Lockdown NHL host to give his thoughts on the situation, share his experiences as a black man in America, and just maybe help sort out some of the confusion. So we have decided to uh, take Trey up on his offer and do some listening. Trey, we're happy to have you back for another crossover, man. How's it going? It's going really well. Thanks uh, for having me on, Nolan. So we'll start with the most recent news, uh, and that's that the NHL players decided to follow suit with the rest of the league at the end of last week, canceled two games worth of days in that protest against racial injustice, like I just mentioned. What are your overall thoughts about it? I I think it was like the first time since the 70s that a game had been protested uh, in any of the major professional sports leagues. And uh, how do you, or yeah, I guess we'll just start with that. What, What were your overall thoughts about that? So I believe that um, it, it wasn't really mu- much of a boycott. It was more of a strike. Mm-hmm. And because, you know, they're not boycotting the NHL. They're not boycotting the NBA. They're not boycotting the MLB. They're striking. They're saying there's an issue and we need to acknowledge it. Because if the, they're not boycotting those specific uh, sports organizations because they love their organizations. They love the organizations that they play in because the, the sports organizations didn't do anything wrong. You know, it's just society, and they're just like, we want to str- we're going on strike to raise those issues. So I believe it was more of a strike more than a boycott. And the one thing I just want to say is, is that did they do it because they wanted to do it, or did they do it because they felt peer pressured into doing it? That's the one thing I said. So I, I addressed it on my show before um, for the uh, uh, when the NHL should take a knee or not, because, you know, um, you know, because a lot of these players, a lot of these players, they come from like uh, foreign countries. So they don't really understand the issues that happen in America. And that's no disrespect to them is because they're just not from here. Mm-hmm. So the one thing I just have is like, I appreciate the gesture, but do you truly 100% understand what's going on? Or are you just, uh, did you just feel peer pressure to do it? Otherwise you would have faced some backlash because, you know, this is a copycat, um, this is a copycat league uh, for, for all, for all teams. Cause like, you know, the bucks and the magic did it in the NBA. Then you saw uh, the brewers and the reds do it. Uh, they, they postponed a game. Uh, then some of the MLB followed uh, some of the NBA followed. And then now you see the NHL was kind of pressured into doing it. So my question is, I appreciate the gesture, but do you really, are you really doing it? Cause you understand, or did you just, you know, was just, just like, uh, I, I have to do it because everyone else is doing it. Well, what were your thoughts on the Lakers and the Clippers um, basically ruling to cancel the rest of the season? I don't really believe that because I believe that's uh, – I believe some of that is fake news, quite honestly. Really? Because I saw a lot of the players – I saw a lot of players, like, uh, tweet out things like um, – um, saying like there's a lot of cap or that didn't actually happen. Patrick Beverly didn't actually say this. 
obviously LeBron's not going to say anything because, you know, he doesn't need to, um, he doesn't need to acknowledge it. So, because, you know, he, he's bigger than those rumors. So I think there's some truth to that, but I don't think that's, uh, I, I think for the most part, it was fake news, quite honestly. I'll, I, I, I don't know if that was real or not. So, uh, like I said, I, I, I don't know what to say because, you know, I'm not an expert on it. I, I, I'm not going to say it's 100% fake news, but I'm not going to say it's 100% true because I did see some rebuttal uh, responses from like Terrence Mann, Damian Lillard, um, Vincent Zubas, you know, all those players. So I, I think it, it's for the most part not 100% correct. Well, I want to take it back to, to something you just mentioned about the uh, players deciding to uh, forego those, or, or I guess suspend or go on strike for those two days. Did you see the press conference led by Ryan Reeves, the Las Vegas Golden Knights forward? And uh, what were your overall thoughts on it? Did that kind of help you decide based, basically, you know, whether or not you thought it was something driven by the players or if they were, they were it was like somewhat of a peer pressure situation? I still think it's a peer pressure situation. I appreciate it. I appreciate the gesture 100%. That was very smart to do because, you know, I've taken uh, public relations before. And for a sport like the NHL that gets a, like, you know, uh, that's not the most diverse uh, organization, they do uh, face some backlash because I don't know if you guys saw this or not, but Eric Trump uh, tweeted out to the NHL, thank you for standing uh, when a lot of sports teams were kneeling for the anthem. And, you know, he posted a, a video saying um, uh, of the of the players just standing for the anthem and, you know, uh, with the three emoji uh, American flags and, you know, stuff like that. And so I think it was smart for them to have a press conference just to, you know, defend themselves. And, and like I said, like I said, I'm sure uh, I'm sure some of them did feel that way. But for the most part, I just want to I just want to I just want to say. Uh, do you really understand, like, 100%? Or, or, or you know, is just, just being performative, you know, that kind of thing. That's the kind of thing I ask myself. And, you know, I just, I, I, I just don't fully know because, you know, I don't know what, I don't know what was going through their uh, minds at the time. But, you know, I, I think uh, for the most part it was, it was good. But, you know, at the same time, I, I still do have a few questions. So let's unpack that a little bit because you keep saying, do you understand? And, and I'm just curious to know, like, what are all, all of the intricacies of the Black Lives Matter movement? Because a lot of times, like, you see somebody will post something about the movement or something uh, about ending racism or something like that. And while these are likely just trolls online, I, I see a common thread in people who say stupid things like, well, if you were just following, or like, you, no context to the situation. They don't even know what they're they're really talking about but it's just like oh if a police officer tells you to do something you should do it and i think that there's like this this misconception where it's like it's strictly about that but it's also uh, against a widespread or a, a vast array of issues kind of all coming all stemming from systemic racism you're right and the one thing i just have to ask someone like okay uh, like 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 George Floyd. Let's let's look at George Floyd for example. The man was killed, and but why were the police called in the first place? It was because he had counterfeit money. So, fine, arrest him, detain him, but you didn't need to kill the man. As a police officer, I don't know much about police officer training, but aren't 
aren't you supposed to be trained to handle those situations at least? That couldn't have been an uh, I have to kill situation. Because as a family member told me, sometimes the police do need to kill, but that wasn't one of those situations. Uh, you, you, you have like a lot of non-lethal weapons, you have a lot of tactics that you could have used. And that's the one thing I have to ask people is like, okay, this person maybe isn't 100% innocent, but they didn't deserve to die. Mm -hmm. Especially when that person is asking for mercy. And that's the one thing I needed, I want people to, um, I want people to realize. So, you know, I, I, I guess a lot of people just don't understand it. And, you know, sometimes it's frustrating and sometimes it's exhausting to having to explain it. I said on my show, I'm tired of talking about it. I know my listeners are probably tired of listening about it, but we still need to address it because it still happens. And, and the one thing I just say is like, I just saw a few videos surfaced of someone uh, 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 who was uh, Caucasian attacking a police officer and the police officer didn't even like, you know, do the same things that they would have done if the uh, uh, races were reversed. So it's just like saddening, it's frustrating. And it's just like, I just wish people would just at least understand. That's the one thing I just ask from people, just can you understand a little more? Like you don't have to get it 100%, but just understand it. That's the one thing I ask. I do have to pause you real quick to talk to you for a second about Bilt Bar. Now, Trey, uh, we had some exciting, exciting news come our way. I think it was last week or the week before. There are six new built bars in there. The improved built bar that's even more deliciouser than before. Do you have a favorite? What's been your experience so far? I don't have a favorite because there's just so many to choose from. Like you know, you got like lemon, uh, mint, uh, cherry, barcia. It's 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 great. I've had I've had a few when I go to the gym, and they bring me so much energy. I go to college, and you know, I have those late nights. I'm tired of uh, taking the caffeine pills. I'm tired of taking the energy drinks. I stick with Built Bar because it's delicious and it gives me energy and it's very healthy. And you don't get all that extra crap like the sugar and the carbs. And, and really what has impressed me the most about Built Bar is the way that it is able to fill me up at the expense of only like 130 calories typically. Really? Hey, moms, if you're listening, I think this is a great healthy snack for your kids. It's delicious. Or as they say, is that even a word? Well, it's a word now. It is uh, now. <laughs> it's more delicious than a candy bar and way more healthy. So any moms listening, any soccer moms, get this for your kids. Yeah, I mean, like uh, right now, you know, I, I don't know how many kids are in school these days, but I know I always used to beg my mom to stop at the gas station on the way home from school every day so that I could get a snack. But I tell you what, if you're listening out there, and you get a built bar, your kids aren't going to want, they're going to want the built bar. They're going to say, no, skip the gas station. You can keep on driving, mom. They're just going to eat that built bar. And right now you can have a delicious built bar. When you go to builtbar.com and use our promo code locked on, thanks to them, you'll get $10 off of your next order. If you've bought from built bar before, if you want to buy from built bar three times next week, that promo code locked on will be good every single time to get you $10 off of your order one more time trey ethan can can we do this all together built bar dot com dot com promo code locked on my man for ten dollars off of your next order why do you think people are so unwilling to even kind of 
try to listen or try to think that they might. And it, and it's not even, it doesn't always even have to be one of those things that says like, Oh, you're complicit or, or something like that. Like simply being ignorant to the situation, pretending like it doesn't exist is somewhat being complicit for sure. But why do you think so many people are unwilling to accept that there needs to be change or just unwilling to listen? I don't know. I really don't. I ask myself that question every day because it's just like when, when I'm debating with someone, I try to be an open book and I try to be fair and I try to be like, okay, you're right about this area, but here's where you're mostly wrong. And, you know, I have been able to convince people to change their opinions. So, you know, I, I don't, I really, but I can't do that for the entire world. I can't do that for all people. And to answer your question, I don't know. I really don't know. Um, Cause you know, if I learned anything from seventh grade civics is that everyone's political mindset is not the same. There's always mm -hmm. different opinions. There's always different thought process. There's always different experiences. There's always people who probably don't understand what it's like to be black in America. And you know, that's, that's the, the example I give, like, you don't have to get it. You don't have to get being black in America. I don't expect you to get it because you, you, you don't experience it, but can you at least understand what I have to go through and what, some of the experiences I've been through, like, you know, it's just like, that's the one thing I ask. but in terms of worldwide where people just don't understand, I don't know. Can you expand on maybe some of the subtler things that black people have to deal with in America when it comes to maybe not just the police, but I, well, I guess like, yeah, like in the context of the police, because like, for example, I have a coworker who, uh, he went to Meyer to go get something and he locked his keys in his car. And instead of calling the police, he ran two miles back to work. And someone was like, why don't you just call the police? Like they would have come and unlocked it for you. He's like, absolutely not. Like, why would I willingly do that? Like, it's those subtle things to where like, there was a fear there where for somebody like me, I would call the police and be like, oh, thank goodness you're here. So what are some of those subtler differences that maybe you've experienced or people you know have experienced that are maybe more subtle and, and can kind of be overlooked in the overall scheme of things. I talk about this a lot. So what I go through isn't exactly brutality or force. It's the wording, if that makes sense. So as a black announcer, you know, I, 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 I don't think you've heard of someone named Everett Fitzhugh. You know, he's the first uh, black, black announcer to be calling an NHL game. He'll be doing it next year. He's from Detroit and I'm from Detroit as well. So a lot of people just stereotypically think that I'm supposed to be talking some sort of way just because I'm, I'm from Detroit, just because it's a predominantly black city. They think I, when, I, when I moved from Detroit to Philadelphia, they think, did you escape some sort of extreme? Like, are you okay? Is it, like, you know, that kind of thing. And I'm just like, I, I grew up in Detroit just fine. I didn't mm -hmm. escape anything. Like I, I didn't grow up in some sort of extreme. There's great neighborhoods in Detroit. And you know, um, it's the, and going back to the wording, it's like um, last year at a broadcasting uh, lecture, someone verbatim said, your voice doesn't match your face. I'm like, there is no yeah, way what, yeah, to what does that mean? There is no way to speak. Speech is mimicry. That's yeah. why we have accents. If you were to go up to Northern Michigan, people have accents. 
If you go down south, people have accents. Out west, people have accents. Out east, people have accents. Speech is mimicry. So I just come from a family of public speakers. So I mimic what they, how they talk. And so that's, that's what I kind of go through. And the one thing I want people to know is we are aware that not all cops are bad. Not all cops are bad. But I want them, this, can, this plays two ways. Not a, every black person is a threat. So I think, I guess I have a three part question. Okay. So why do you think this movement makes people so uncomfortable? And do you think that different news outlets and social media in general plays a big part in this? As well as, is there anything that could be done to curtail the blatant opinionated looks and feelings that people have on said network or in social media in general? I know there's a lot to unpack there. <laughs> I know, it's, I know, but I have an answer. I have an answer. I have an answer. So social media does play a big part in this. Like, you know, because it, I was telling my friend the other day, a celebrity now can't even go to a restaurant without TMZ posting something about it. So we're just in an age of social media where, you know, uh, things get taken out of context, I guess. And now people just have this uh, negative outlook on it. So when, when, when we see people like rioting or looting or, you know, stuff like that, that's not what the Black Lives Matter is about. That's not what it's about at all. It's just about, we're not saying only Black Lives Matter. We're saying Black Lives Matter too. And, and, you know, people want to be like, oh, all lives matter. Doesn't my life matter? Doesn't her life matter? Doesn't this person's life matter? Absolutely. Theoretically, I want to put this out there. Theoretically, all lives do matter. Your life matters. His life matters. That person's life matters. Her life matters. But however, you guys don't need help. That's the thing. Like, I need help because it's like, I, I, I don't know if any, anybody listening to this, you know, sometimes when I go to a store, sometimes, especially when I go to college in Adrian, sometimes I'm given weird looks. Sometimes I'm given weird looks and I don't even know it. One time um, I, was at a, I was at a gas station with my dad in Royal Oak. We were just pumping gas or I was outside pumping gas for my dad and he rolls down the window and he's like, hey, hey, Trey, put your hat on properly because I was wearing my hat backwards. And, you know, I get back into the car and we're driving and he's, and he's like, do you know why I told you to put your hat on forward? I was like, no, why? He was like, there was a guy behind you giving you a weird look. I was like, whoa, I didn't even know that. So when, I, I guess people just want I, I, I guess people just think that uh, with Black Lives Matter, they just think that we're victimizing ourselves and they just say, oh, yeah, your life matters too, but everyone's life matters. And, you know, there's a truth to that. But however, like think of a house, like think of there's two houses, one's burning and the other's not. That's like the firefighter getting the hose and spraying both of them saying both houses matter. Which one needs more help? Which one is in more trouble? 
That's that's the question. Yeah. All right, that is where we will stop it there for today. Thank you, everyone, for listening to this special edition of the Lockdown Red Wings podcast. Uh, I know you guys tune in for sports talk and Red Wings talk and NHL talk, uh, but now that the Black Lives Matter movement has made its way to the NHL, I thought it would be a good time to uh, kind of just bring up the discussion, just talk about things, do some listening, uh, listen to experiences. So we've got part two coming tomorrow. I think it'll extend probably to a part three uh, through Wednesday. Um, if you come here for an escape from the real world, uh, you know, I, I definitely get that. I understand uh, if this is not the type of content that you are looking for from the Lockdown Red Wings podcast, but I also think it was an important conversation, an important discussion. Lots of uh, insightful things were told to us by Trey. Uh, thanks again to him for coming on. You can follow him on Twitter at TreyMatt4. Um, and like I said, we'll be back tomorrow with part two. Uh, and then Thursday, or Wednesday, uh, we will be back with part three. And uh, at the end of it, we kind of loosen it up a little. We talk about the draft lottery, the phase two. He wasn't very happy about the Rangers getting that number one overall pick. We'll hear his thoughts on that. Uh, his, you know, we'll, we'll go over the NHL playoffs so far. And a whole bunch of good stuff like that. So thanks, everyone, for tuning in. Subscribe. Follow the Lockdown Red Wings podcast on Twitter at LO underscore Red Wings. We'll see you back here tomorrow. Same time, same place. It's your team every day.